All right, everybody, welcome to the Musical Splaining Podcast. I am your host and good art friend, Kavitaharian. And I am still trying to find plant-based alternatives, Lindsay yes, Ellis. vegan non. Uh, <laughs> non is vegan! <laughs> Say vegan bread! Vegan bread. Uh, today we are joined by a very special guest, our old friend and actress, Abigail Thorne. Welcome. And fellow Phantom fan. Yes, fellow Phantom fan, all the way from England, but not in England because we're on the computer. Oh, <laughs> it's so wonderful to see you guys again. It's a pleasure to be here. It's lovely to talk with you and have you on our show. We have a very special project to talk about since mm-hmm. this is a special mm. episode. Yes. But, you know, as as all roads lead back to Phantom. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> we could also t- talk about the one time Abby and Kaveh met in yeah. right before the plague hit. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this was a long time ago when we went to see Phantom. It a very, feels very like long ages time ago. ago. It's a yeah. long time since I've seen you in the flesh. Um, so long, in fact, that I have, I'm wearing different flesh now. Yeah. <laughs> so you get this, like, different name and everything. Different I know, name, yeah. I know. So so this was what? This, this was February 2020? Yeah. Yeah, this was right before everything shut down. Uh, yeah, I remember. We were talking, like, oh, I heard about this virus in China. It's like, I couldn't... Like, yeah, because I was like, this is silly, because people on the plane were, like, wiping down their, like, you know... Uh, Armrests. Tray tables. Tray and tables, I was just yeah. like, this is silly. This, this is, is silly. Yeah. I think, like, Italy was locking down, and I was like, oh, apparently it's going to come to the UK. I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll all be over by Christmas. Um, yeah, exactly. I thought I was going to get a book tour. Now I have not had two. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and also, like, uh, I, I had, like, kind of come out to myself already by that time but like hadn't told any of you um yeah i'm sure that slightly more perceptive members of the group knew that something was up um but i was in i was in the stage of like planning the uh year and a bit long campaign of secret transition and like investigating what my options were there so that was like a very very weird thing um and also i like basically did not sleep at all for most of that weekend (laughs) you were there only for like a few days right yeah, I was. I think I slept for a total of about six hours on that trip. Yeah, um, yeah. Phantom is really exciting. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, because you saw Hades Town with us too, right? We saw Hades Town a few months before. In uh, it was it wasn't the same trip as as the as the Phantom one because like, we went before we started going for the podcast. Yes, right. So honestly, like going to see Phantom was the most normal bit of that whole weekend. <laughs> I do remember, I think I told this story too, where it's like, I remember you and I were sitting next to each other uh-huh. and I remember turning to you and just being like, can you believe this shit? And you were just like, yeah, I know it's awesome. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to look for a sympathetic, sympathetic uh, hero. It was you so were not good. having it. You loved it. I loved it. I'd never seen Phantom before. Um, I was really excited because I know that Lindsay's like really, really loves yeah, it. Yeah, we were like dressed up. Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys went hard. You were all wearing your it was sequence dress or something. Yeah, I, I, I was dressed as the chandelier. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. We went out for a nice Italian meal beforehand. Yeah, yeah I'd never seen to... it. I love the electric guitar. I loved <laughs> how cheesy it was. I, it's kind of like an anime. I'm not sure whether you've like discussed this on the podcast before, but Phantom. Oh, that's interesting. Phantom's yeah, very anime that. in that it's like there's a secret guy with a grudge that we won't tell you, and he wears a cool mask, and like, he's yeah. secretly a master <laughs> a of singing, and he's teaching her to sing, but they don't know about it. It's yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very anime, and he's really, really broody and angsty. Exactly. And she could change him. He's on the roof of the she. school. 
Yeah. <laughs> it is yes. like there's a reason why there's a billion phantom high school AUs. Yeah. Not that I would know. <laughs> Appropriately, yeah. that was my villain origin story was going to see Phantom on yeah. that trip specifically. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was mean, led to believe it would be excellent and it was yeah. not. It, well, it was, and you're just wrong. It I'm was. wrong, apparently. <laughs> so I guess the other thing you two have in common is you both recently, well, one of you just did your first audio book. I just did mm-hmm. my first audio We've read together, but not together before mm-hmm. as well for another one of your mm-hmm. videos. What yeah. Was, that was also Phantom, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, the, my God, it was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> and I, I played the Phantom. Oh my God! Yeah, you played uh, you played uh, the Phantom, and he played and the I Persian. Played the Persian. Oh. God, we're getting typecast. Shit. Yeah, shit. Yeah. So you have now been two different. I've been the Persian multiple me. times for you. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Weird. Weird. Jesus. Weird that you keep getting cast as Persians. Yes. <laughs> oh my God! I forgot about that. Yeah. That, well, yeah, that was for those of you who, who didn't see there. We did an episode about this character who was only known as the Persian from mm-hmm. the Phantom of the Opera, the mm-hmm. original book. And there was this other book that was written in the 1980s that uh, to me is just like the perfect embodiment of 80s Orientalism. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, a large <laughs> chunk of it takes place in Persia. And it had like some of the most amazing dialogue. <laughs> or Eric, who's a, who's a motherfucker. He's an asshole. Eric yes. is the Phantom, of course. Exactly. Uh, it's just, but he's like in the book always right. And so he's just like dissing Persia and dissing this guy's culture. And all the time he's thinking, like, man, he's right. We suck. We just like, <laughs> this You're right. back, yeah, this back ass words. Like, sorry, white man. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we I suck. I apologize so for our culture. <laughs> Eric, very much the James Bond of his day, just going into like foreign countries Destroying and insulting stuff. people and proven to be correct always. Yeah, because I read a lot of trashy romance novels and like, I don't know if it's still a thing, but like the ones in the 80s and 90s are really bad about that. Mm-hmm. Where it'll be like, if we can like shit on a non-European culture, oh, we will. And <laughs> man, Why and, just and it will be a plot point. I mean, we, we'll shit on European cultures now, man, because we've left. We're not even yeah. part of Europe anymore. That's true. So you can have a trashy romance novel that takes place in like Greece. A Brexit rom- trashy <laughs> yeah. romance novel? Yeah, that'll be Holy like, shit. like, the, like you have the, how we had chic romance, now we have Brexit yeah. romance. Can this be the third book in your series? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the question. Does Brexit happen in this universe? Yeah. I don't know. You haven't delivered it yet. There's still time to just rewrite everything. And yeah, make I haven't made it. When was Brexit? 2016. Yeah. Oh, God, it's hard to remember. 2016. It's all kind of confined to Yeah, because it was the same year as Trump. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to go back and uh, see. Like oh, I haven't written up to sit twenty sixteen yet, first, folks. This is where <laughs> maybe Brexit happens struck. sooner because like the crash happened sooner. <laughs> the referendum happened twenty sixteen, but we didn't actually leave. Oh, the actual until Brexit, yeah. Recently, and the effects are being felt now. So we've got petrol shortages and food shortages and uh, energy shortages and job shortages. So. Brexit is kind of always happening. It's 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 like global warming now. It's just a kind of constant background condition. It doesn't end. So anyway, so anyway. the way the, so the way the book is it's relevant. The way the mm-hmm. book is written is uh, there's three point of view. Well, okay, I guess there's two point of view characters, and Abby who <laughs> does about it was like 26, 27, something like that. Yeah, characters? something like tw- twenty seven different characters. Holy shit. Mm. Because um, I feel I'm the only I'm the only one who's like actually heard all three of you I think. Oh no. Um, yeah, because like uh, Rashomon, you're like the objective person. Yeah. You can see all three of our perspectives. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because like the especially for Abby since this time there were a, there was just a much greater breadth. Oh of, yeah, accents, uh, different accents, accents different genders. genders. Like I I remember I am. Um, 
when I was contacting the publisher, I was like, well, let's do all of the, let's do all of the one gender first and then we'll do all of the other gender second. Just because it's, oh, it's quite. smart. I didn't think to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I just was going back and forth within the same one, trying to remember yeah. what I did before. See, that's, I yeah, should have. Uh... It was a lot of fun. There was a lot of variety. Um, it was nice to keep, like, keep jumping across the Atlantic in terms of my accent. That was good. Um, and I was so happy that I got to play Nils again. Because I, I love Nils. Yeah. I love Nils. Nils is, yeah. And there's, there's even one chapter where like, you guys kind of have a back and forth. Mm, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the emails, right? I think is what they yeah, are. Yeah, there's like there's a there's a conversation. Cause like the thing about like audiobooks is usually when it's like a prose chapter, it's just gonna be one narrator. But mm-hmm. like we have these interstitials where um no, I think there's like two interstitials where it's both of you mm-hmm. and one of them's emails and one of them's text messages. And um Abby's playing Nils, who is like <laughs> cult leader Yeah, I don't want to say an antagonist, but like, no, I think he's villainous. not a great guy. He's so, <laughs> he's so, I love Nils. He's so good. I'm yeah. so glad that you got me back. Funnily enough, um, I actually, I based Nils's voice on a guy that I went to university with, um, whose mm-hmm. name, his name was Jasper, and he was from Kentucky, and he had this sort of very, very deep, buttery voice. Um, he's Ooh. kind of like a, he, yeah. So Nils really sounds like a late night radio host in my head. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Late Night Radio, and yeah. this is Nils Ortega. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. No, that's perfect, because he's supposed good. to be, like, very charismatic. And, like, yeah. what's another one that's funny is, like, the, the back and forth between him and this other character, mm-hmm. who kind of sounds like Ben Shapiro, and it, <laughs> it really does sound like two completely different people. Oh, yeah. Well, it was really good. Um, so, yeah, the, the variety was really nice. So sometimes I got to be kind of, like, a news reporter, and I was like, Oh, there was a BBC lady who was like, I'm here with the BBC and I'm <laughs> talking about aliens and somehow we're going to blame it on trans people. And then there was like, there was a reporter for the LA Times who was like, mm-hmm. I'm talking in a newsreader voice and this is the alien story. And then there was a bunch of like right wing militia Alex Jones guys yeah. who were like, no, it's the alien globalists. Yeah. We got to fight them. <laughs> I just had so much fun with it. It was so good. The guy yeah, in the no. sound booth, um, when I was doing the when I was doing the voices, uh, when we like when I turned the page, I was like, right now it's time to do the men. He was like, what? And I just jumped into it, and he was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, I, f- I feel like this is going to confuse a lot of people. Like, I think they're going to be like, well, this is <laughs> this is t- two people, right? right? Like, there's yeah. no way that this is all done by one person. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I mean, I think impressive. like yeah, people who don't know, they're going to be like, huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I look forward to it. I, I, I like. I hope it causes like confusion because that's kind of like the best compliment, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I got the training. I might as well put it to good use. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got the skills. Why not? Why not use them? Um. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I remember when you first contacted me, Lindsay. You were like, "Oh, I presume you won't want to do this," and I was like, "You have presumed absolutely incorrectly." You're wrong. Yeah. Any excuse to play (laughs) the theater. Uh, yeah, because I was like, it was a conversation I was not looking forward to. Oh, no. Because I had, well, because I had like a, like a friend of mine who's local, uh, and she is, uh, I guess she transitioned like a year before you, mm, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, I, like I'm going to level with you. I wouldn't want to do it. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I guess literally just kind of an uncomfortable conversation where I have to be like, do you want to do this? Because I don't want you to feel pressured. Yeah. And when we did talk about it, 
you were like, oh, no, I'm already signed on. Like, yeah, <laughs> like my agent, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah your, your guys had already spoken to my guys. I was like, absolutely, I'm going to do it. I wouldn't miss any yeah, excuse for to the my people, yeah. yeah. I was like, well, I wish my people had told me and spared me this, like, really weird presumptuousness that I just displayed. Oh, no. I mean, it's fair enough, like, because one of the side effects of hiding on Philosophy Tube for that year is that, like, mm-hmm. there was a long time where the only time in my life anyone thought I was a man was on camera um I would literally go into the studio and like change my clothes do like masculinizing makeup and like change my voice back so as a consequence I maintained both and I, I never really lost the ability to switch and now I can just switch back and forth on the on a dime mm. and like <laughs> I know it's crazy yeah. you know when I was like finishing or when I was writing it I was like well okay we should use this to our advantage mm-hmm. because that's not really something you see done very often with trans uh, actors mm. is using that sort of breadth that you just kind of happen to have. Yeah. You know? How many, so how many like, actors can, and of those that can, how many would? Yeah. yeah. Why not, why not use the skills? Um, Who's awesome. that shameless? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun trying to think of like, you know, just, trying to figure out like because it's not it's not it's not like that wild because there's still like you know american or commonwealth Mm -hmm. accents i think it Mm -hmm. won't be till the next book where we start getting into like uh like japanese and cambodian and uh like stuff like that and i'm like well this this should be give them a run for the filipino yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. really gonna have to start practicing yeah really have to alien accents yeah, alien. Well, just give me a call <laughs> when it's a, when it's when it's on yeah. TV. Give me a call. I'll be there. I'll be there anywhere. I fucking play Nils again if you want. Yeah, well, you you you'll be Nils again. I think if, if, if this is like a Marvel movie, do, yeah. you're basically like on contract for like the next ten years. Mm. Fantastic, perfect. My agent will be thrilled. Yeah, Nils is uh, is in the third book and is a much bigger character in the third book than he right. was in one or two. Fantastic. I'll be back. Yeah. Well, presumably, I, 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 yeah, I think we're past the point now where I could believably play Nils on TV. Um, as, <laughs> as funny as that would like be, aesthetics. That's, that's maybe pushing it um, a yeah, little bit. Yeah, wear a beard. Yeah, you might yeah. touch him. Just like, well, I mean, even then, it's just like, I, I wore a fake mustache in my most recent video, and I was like, I don't, mm. I don't believe this anymore. The the honest truth is, uh, you're too young. Like one yes, way or the other. Point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah you gotta, you'd need another fifteen, ten or fifteen years on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm only getting younger yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like look at the camera, be like, yes, I have a 21 year old at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, a few sleepless nights, one more weekend seeing Phantom again. <laughs> just be horribly just fly aged. out to New York and fly back, and you'll be fine. Yeah, like, yeah. how, how many years did you age? How many, how many inches of hair did you lose? On <laughs> <laughs> one viewing of Phantom. Yeah. Okay. okay, so Abby had done audiobooks before. Mm. Um, Mm-hmm. Axioms and uh, Kave did not. And I guess I should talk. <laughs> well, yeah, Kave well, had bef- done very little of anything before this. Yeah, yeah. Before I just before I decided, like you know, the one thing you're good at <laughs> talking, <Nothing>. flapping <laughs> your mouth hole, so, yabbing it uh, up. I was yeah, I was I was like doing an interview uh, yesterday where I was mm-hmm. you know having to clarify that like. Um, oh, oh, yeah, I was talking to John Scalzi, who's also a science fiction author, mm-hmm. um, and we were talking about the perils of naming characters after your friends. After people you know, yeah. Yeah, Ooh. and I was, like, 
generally, I think it's okay if they're people you don't know that well. Right. I think that's why we tend to like always go back to like USC people because mm-hmm. like they might be flattered, but they get it. You they know, understand. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But like they're all like because like whenever I uh, I talked to Sev Ohanian back in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Please, like, let me know when it publishes six years later. Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, when I chose that name, it was kind of a sub situation. It was also, like, in 2014. And it's not like we were on bad terms, but, no, we you know, sort of we like, were just in different lives. Yeah, yeah, you were on the East like, Coast. I was, you know, still in L.A. You were still in New York. Yeah, I'd see you, like, once every year or two yeah. when you were in town. But it was like, oh, let's hang out. Let's, you know see who else is in town. Let's go to a bar. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like a conversation that we needed to have until it became relevant in right. 20, 2019 yep. when the book did sell. And uh, so I guess, you know, this is all kind of, again, a villain origin story because <laughs> like, I guess the only reason I had your phone number was because like a couple months earlier, you texted me like, hey, I saw your Star Wars video. <laughs> You're doing you YouTube. You did a Star Aww. War. Good job. That's, that's so cute. You're, <laughs> you're making YouTube videos like a big boy. Uh, that was exactly and, what I said, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like really d- dreading this conversation because it was like, because like Sev and like Vincent Park were relatively, like, they were major-ish, but like they were not. Right protagonists yeah Uh, and they weren't point of view characters so that and i knew that like if it got you know published it was gonna get back to you and it was gonna be weird so uh i was like oh man i'm not looking forward to this conversation um were you worried that i would be angry just out of curiosity i was worried you'd say no uh like this makes me uncomfortable because like there Clearly was like, you don't know me well enough to know. I'd be like, <laughs> well, there's you, a character you, named after me in a big you, book. <laughs> you were you were a little on the fence at first because I I like gave you a list of like, uh, you know, there were three things you need to know, <laughs> and you know, one is regarding past actions, one right. is regarding his relationships, and one is regarding. Uh, what happens to him in the book. And so you're like, okay. And so that was when we kind of started hanging out. And I was like, well, yeah. would you do some consulting for me? Since, you know, I, you're the only person the I only, know. The main person I know, yeah. <laughs> the, the, By the yeah, way, have the, you heard of this musical about a guy who has opinions about Persians? Do you want to come see it? Yeah. <laughs> so funny, funnily enough, there's also, yeah. So, but then uh, I forget somehow or other, uh, like Cats was about to come out or did come right. out. And you joked to me, like, hey, we should start a podcast where I just hate musicals and you explain to me why they're good. Yes. And I was like, actually, in, that's a good idea. In my defense, <laughs> I, I, was, I was making a producing suggestion because I was like, why don't you have a podcast? It seems like it would just flesh out, like, all the mm-hmm. kind of different things that you do. I was like, it's pretty straightforward. And you were like, I don't know what I would do. And I was like, oh, you should just, you know, make me watch musicals. Ha ha. Didn't think anything of it. And lived continued living on with my life <laughs> in blissful blissful, blissful. Ignorance, <laughs> not knowing what doors well i guess in fa- yeah in fairness like who else would go along with doing a years long now podcast <laughs> about a topic that he has absolutely zero interest in <laughs> <laughs> well i run a podcast about james idea? bond so <laughs> mm, okay oh, yeah were you by yourself doing it no, no, no. It's um, it's uh, me and two two trans friends. It's called Kill James Bond. We started it for a laugh, and now it's the biggest film podcast in Britain. 
Wow. Yeah, which but, congratulations. But do, you all, but do you all dislike James Bond or do any of you, are any of you like huge fans? No, none of us, none of us like it. It's called Kill James Bond. Like, right, it's, so I was like <laughs> we, we nail well, our but, colors to the mask pretty firmly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I we mean, hate I guess that son of a bitch. Yeah, I, I guess it's like someone had to say it. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's the thing. Is like I never liked James Bond. It always kind of made me uncomfortable, but especially like in film land. James Bond is cancelled. That's what it is. Yeah. Ooh. Finally. Mm-hmm. T- take that man's Netflix special away. <laughs> <laughs> so it basically, uh, Kaveh Melzandarani, which is the fictional character, mm-hmm. correct? Uh, indirectly led to Kaveh Teherian, the real person, doing the musicals podcast. Yes, which then in turn led mm. to me reading this book because you were not uh, super happy with the uh, options that you were given. Right. Well, I do. Uh, well, I guess, Abby, you can speak to this probably more knowledgeable than I can, where there's all these conversations about how, like, it shouldn't be that hard to find uh, an actor or actress mm-hmm. that is, it fits the demographic that you're looking for, right? Oh, so really? you should be you have cast a, outside of it. Did you have a tough time? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I do I really do wonder because there's like a quadrillion Iranian actors in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe there was a lack of interest, uh, or I don't know how hard they tried, how mm-hmm. wide a net they cast. Mm-hmm. But like whenever we, because we had you and Stephanie who reads the um, female point of view character. I told them really early on, like, uh, Kaveh's chapters need to be read by a different narrator, Mm -hmm. and my condition is he needs to be Iranian. Mm -hmm. Like, and he can't be from Iran. Like, he he can't have, like, an accent. So, like, uh, he doesn't need to speak Farsi. He doesn't, and he can be Canadian, he can be British, as long as he can do an American accent. Mm -hmm. And, like, if he can't speak Farsi, don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll help, we can take care of it. The options they gave, I think maybe there was a lack of interest or maybe they just didn't try very hard. But like that was kind of why I suggested to we call them car real and car fake. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Car real. (laughs) I was like, that's my rapper name now. Yeah, my car real. (laughs) My 1990s rapper name. Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, look, why don't you just do an audition? Here's the chapter they're using. And I didn't really give him any instruction. And uh, like right away, because I did kind of a double blind taste test. I like sent him because I only got two other options. And I sent uh, him and the two other actors to um, like editors and assistant editors mm-hmm. at St. Martin's. And like unanimously, they were like, this guy, that's the right one. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's what I thought. That's awesome. I, <laughs> now I'm curious to hear what the other ones were because you never played them for me. So I have no idea. I just went into it totally blind. Um, maybe one day. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it was like, it was very weird. It was like they were very actory. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like they were going for like, you know, a, a very weird tone. Like, I think that was the main problem was like, they just mm. didn't seem to get the tone. Because mm. like the thing about audiobook narrators is you don't really direct them that much. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of on their own. Yeah, you're just in a booth all day. Like, you got to be able to pick up the tone from the text. Did you record somewhere, Abby, or did you just record at home? I went into a recording studio. Oh, you did? You're fancy. I was just sitting at my desk right here where I record the podcast. Except for pickups. Yes, except for pickups when I was in New York. Somebody, somebody mispronounced a major character's name. <laughs> Listen, I'm from California. It always has the Spanish flair when I say something because that's what I always was think that, of. Was that, oh, my God. Yeah. So uh, there's a character named Sol. S-O-L. 
which is short for Solomon. I don't know. And so he, like, the whole book pronounced it soul. soul. Like, so I was thinking of, like, like Marisol. Soul. I was like, soul, like, in spit. <laughs> That's where my brain went, because I'm California. Oh, my God. Because, yeah. like, that was, like, the first thing whenever I got the thing. I was like, oh, my God. He mispronounced Like, and that, it wouldn't have been such a big deal if you know Abby and Stephanie hadn't gotten it right yeah so there was this really big discrepancy between because like it's a pretty major character so I was like listen uh, you got the authentic like Californian Iranian thing where I just I went straight to Spanish is what I thought of <laughs> whenever I like, got sort of the the what was supposed to be the final draft yes and I caught a bunch of errors like even in like the editing and I was like is this the final one because like a you missed some filters because there's like filters on the alien voices. Um, and B, Cave uh, mispronounced some stuff. And uh, they were like, well, it's too late. And I was like, he's here because we were in New York. We were in New York doing it. And they were like, oh, well, in that case. <laughs> so uh, they got to go down to by the McMillan building. By the way, a building. super cool flex oh, nice. for me, by the way, to be like, I'm in New York for this podcast watching musicals. I'm just going to go down to the McMillan offices real quick and record some pickups. I felt so fancy. But it was like a cartoon where like they were playing classical music in the <laughs> reception area. Like It was like fucking Vivaldi. Like, that's That's a new office, too, because they were in the Flatiron building for decades Whoa. and so like J. When Jonah I, Jameson uh, shit yeah yeah exactly they were right under this guy going give me pictures of Spider-Man <laughs> um, make them infamous <laughs> so like my book sold right before they moved so I got to go up into the Flatiron one time oh, nice. and it looks so much more glamorous <laughs> from the outside uh, than it does on the inside. It's like incredibly janky. And I was like oh it's so sad that you guys are moving downtown and then when I went to the new offices downtown I'm like Comment rescinded. Yeah, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, the, nice. the, yeah, the downtown offices are really nice. Very it's nice. too bad they can't go in them. They're still working remotely. But anyway, thankfully I was able to record those lines over again and yeah. mm-hmm. and save it just in the nick of time. Yeah, Saul is no longer the Spanish Jew. Saul. It's just the New York Saul Jew. Kaplan. Saul Kaplan. Saul Kaplan. Saul. Saul. <laughs> like, better call Saul. Better call and Saul. Very, you very kindly pr- provided some pronunciation guides for me as well. Um, oh yeah, I did. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. I don't. Good. You know this about me. I don't remember much. Like I just sort of <laughs> I exist, and then ten minutes later, I'm like, wait, I forgot that I did that. <laughs> I didn't want to ask, <laughs> but okay. At least somebody listened to my pronunciation guides. Oh no, I, uh, well, Carver sent me some pronunciation guides, and also so did. Oh okay. Yeah, Carver yeah. sent me some, and so did you, Lindsay. Which I, oh. of course I listened okay, to. Okay, I'm well. glad. I'm glad. Yeah, because yeah. I I forgot to be like, hey, you need to send some of these Farsi like mm. <laughs> say how to pronounce this shit, or it'll just be like, oh, I guess we'll just do it phonetically. I guess in fairness, it is like the weird thing about like. I guess Farglish is what you call it. Is it Farse is English? Yeah, it it is really phonetic. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's like because it's not a real like official way of spelling things. Mm. It is quite literally phonetically spelling out yeah. the words you are saying because you you can't write in Farsi, right? I cannot write in Farsi, unfortunately. You don't know. I speak Abjad. I speak it very well, apparently, but mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, unfortunately, but you're the I'm best illiterate. Farsi speaker I know. That's true. <laughs> The best one. <laughs> Appar- apparently, I speak Farsi like an old person, which makes sense because I grew up with, you know, my parents and yeah. aunts and uncles. But I didn't I haven't spent a lot of time with Iranians from Iran who are my age. Uh, so I, I sort of speak like from the 1970s or something like that, which huh. is really funny to think about. Yeah. Is it, is it sort of like a like a 1940s accent in English? Where kind of. Like, hey, those 
You got some nice games yeah. there. Hey there. Molly. Just using a bunch of like, <laughs> Come on using a bunch of like boomer slang. You're like sending yeah, honestly, it's emojis in yeah. classy. Because yeah. my mom will watch. My mom watches all these soap operas and shit, and she'll be like, "I don't know what the fuck they're talking about half the mm. time." She's like, "Cause it's super slangy." Yeah, putting yeah, lots of guys... ellipses in your texts. Yeah. <laughs> like eighteen thousand like cry laugh emojis mm-hmm. oh God, and flowers. Yes. Yeah. yes, very much yeah. so. All right. Well, anyway. Uh, Abigail, yes. you did an amazing job. Like you did Wonderful. a great job on the first book, oh, but I think you. you did like you know such such a great job, and I think it was like exactly what I wanted. So uh, I'm really glad you're oh, back for the second you. book. Thank you. And I hope I hope we continue on into the future. Definitely, yes. it's always it's always a compliment when they get you back to do the sequel. Yes, and, and you're uh, part of the Axioms <laughs> and Cinematic yeah, Universe. Cinematic now. Universe. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kave, thank you as well for lending you for you know, your name and your. <laughs> Thank you for the effort. The effort. Yes. <laughs> no, you did. You did a really good job. You know, there's a reason. Like you, you, you know, won all the double blind t- taste tests. Mm. Taste tests. Well, um, you. you know, now now that you know, we, we got that one pronunciation out of the way. <laughs> I appreciate it. I think and it's you, gonna be a really good. You also did a good job because, like, it's good writing, and I like reading it, and it's exciting. Yes. Yes. So I'm looking forward to the third one. Yeah. Although I guess the first thing you hear in the audiobook is me. Nice. <laughs> Cuz I read the content warning. Oh, you do. Yeah, so you get to hear me tell you like, "Okay, so uh here's the list of problematic things." Yeah. That I- <laughs> problematic things are good actually. Yeah. That's yeah. what we learned. I should have put age gap on there cuz Twitter really hates those. Oh. Um, all right. Uh, before we go, Abby, thank you so much for joining us and making time. Uh, what are you working on these days? Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, well, listeners, you can always find me on YouTube at Philosophy Tube. Um, and you can come and see my play in 2022 when it's on. When they um, let also, us in. <laughs> buy it, buy a TV, watch Django, watch all the TV shows that I'm going to be in, um, and listen to Kill James Bond if you want to hear my opinions on, uh, on a British spy who should be killed. <laughs> <laughs> no Time to Die, is that the name of the new one? On a cancelled, a cancelled British spy. Cancelled. No time to die. Kill James Bond. It's all thematic. You guys will remember it. Please check it out. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get this audiobook, you mm-hmm. can do it with a free credit and yeah. a 30-day trial from Audible. And uh, Kave, will you lead us into the ad break and tell us more about how you can get this audiobook? <laughs> yes. Free-ish. Free-ish. <laughs> Here's an Audible ad. Listen and find out. This episode is sponsored by Audible, the leading provider of spoken word entertainment all in one place. Right now, you can get a free 30-day trial by visiting audible.com slash splain or text splain to 500-500. That's 500-500. As an Audible member, you will get one credit every month good for any title in our premium selection. That means the buzziest new release, a revered classic, or a New York Times bestseller like Axiom's End. Those titles are yours to keep forever in your Audible library, which you can listen to while lounging around the house, washing the dishes, or on your stupid little walks that you have to do in order to get back in shape because the stress of the pandemic has added an extra little tire around where your stomach used to be, and you used to be able to just take it easy for a little while and your body would bounce back, but now you're pushing 40 and nothing seems to work. And also, also, you have to scale back on red meat, which apparently includes pork, but I always thought it was white meat because of the ad campaign in the 90s, and honestly, you guys, I don't know how many more lies I can take at this point. It's just too hard. You can also get access to our popular Plus catalog filled with original entertainment, guided fitness and meditation, and podcasts, including ad-free versions of your favorite shows. But we all know, without ads, this podcast would be like just like any other podcast. 
It's all included with your membership, no credits needed. Again, go to audible.com slash splain or text splain to 500-500. That's 500-500 for a free 30-day trial. We're back. back. Hope you use our Audible link. Please use it. I am not allowed to show preference for vendors. So whenever people ask me if it's unethical to use platforms that are owned by certain bald billionaires, oh. I can't say anything. Yeah. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Which, but we do multiples. like it when you use our sponsor links, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of there bald are, billionaires, but some of them are more yeah. honest about their baldness than others. Well, uh, yeah, there are um, multiple options for your uh, book and audiobook consumption. Uh, Audible is one of them. Yes. <laughs> and you should listen to the audiobook because I hear it's read by some excellent people. So we asked you guys to submit some questions, of which there were many submitted. And now we're finally going to answer some of those questions. I got a billion questions about Axioms and the musical Mm -hmm. and like who would be in that and like what would it look like? And I have to assume these are troll questions (laughs) (laughs) because like, no, that would never happen in a million years. Um, I I, it's kind of weird how many there are. You treat it as a joke. You make a jokey suggestion about what it's going to be. And then the next thing you know, somehow it ends up becoming a project. And then, you know, years of your life are end up dedicated to it. Okay, So if I joke about it being (laughs) written by Andrew Lloyd Webber, that's exactly what's going to happen. That's what keeps happening to be. Yeah. I keep saying I should do this as a joke. And then we're here now promoting the audio book I've read from the on the podcast that I also joked about. So. okay, well, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt Lord Andy will want anything to do with it. It could be a good palate cleanser for him after. What's the last thing he did? Cinderella? Yeah. Well, that one's actually getting good reviews. Yeah. He's kind of having a late career renaissance. You know, he did School of Rock and Cinderella just opened on the West End and it's looking pretty good that it'll make it to Broadway. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. Yeah. I think Axiom Zen would be a perfect follow up for him. Yeah. Singing aliens and it's shit. A totally thing that a thing that would totally happen um, <laughs> in, in, in this universe or lifetime. You never know. Yeah, I don't know. I, well, I yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. Like, come on. Like, I'll be lucky if I get free money. I don't know. It's just, it's always, it's always kind of weird to me. It's just like, what would you do with this extremely unlikely thing? Like, I don't know. It's just like, it's just not something I think about because whatever I think, it's not going to be what happens and probably nothing will happen. Like 99.999% nothing will happen. So, um, well, I guess a better just, question is, is would you even want it to be a musical? Oh no! Okay, so that's the God, most. I feel no. like that's the most important thing is that you yeah, wouldn't even want like, that to happen in the first I place. I think I'd rather die. I think I'd rather <laughs> eat glass and die. Um, of all the musicals that Kevin has not Kevin, seen, who's or, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe it's the guy who from What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. Oh, okay. Kayvon. Kayvon. Yeah. yeah. Of all the musicals that Kayvon has not yet <laughs> seen but heard of, which would you actually be interested in seeing in the future? Oh, let's see. We saw, I'm trying to think of what musicals that are out that we haven't seen yet. I mean, other than the ones that are no longer around, you've talked about Lestat, which is <laughs> an Elton John musical, which sounds fun. Oh, honestly, I, I would have liked to have seen Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the main one, which please, you guys, we know how to search YouTube, so you don't have to keep sending us YouTube links. We're looking, we were looking for like a proper pro shot which there's rumors that something of this exists at some point yeah. but we haven't been able to find it or so. even like a really really good bootleg and they just don't exist yeah it's it's very hard there's a certain level of quality and clarity and yeah, audio the fact that, that like the new york public library doesn't even have a copy 
is makes me think that it never was shot. Because, mm. um, like, New York Public Library is supposed to have everything. Yeah. If there was one that I had not yet seen, maybe one day we can see, it's probably going to be Spider-Man other than... Yeah. I don't know what all their musicals are big. I guess it's a lot of classics that we haven't seen, so I don't really know what's the new big, like, hot shit coming out. Well, maybe Oklahoma will come. Oh, right. That's one you've spoken highly of as well. Considering everything you've watched and discussed, how would you write Twister the Musical differently mm. now than when you were first jokey-joking about it? Now that you know some of the formula, like the I Want song. And- yeah. This is like a broader thing that I tend to do, right? Which is if you're going into like a new medium or like a new thing that I've never done before, I find it personally, this is not for everybody, obviously, but I find that if I know too much or I research too much or I sort of understand too much the mechanics of something before I've actually tried to do it, I tend to become like kind of obsessive about what it has been done and what should be done, quote unquote, rather than just sort of like doing it straightforward. So I actually feel like by learning too much about musicals, it's become harder for me to now write mm, Twister yeah. the Musical. Yeah, maybe that's why Twister the Musical is now never yeah. going to happen. You know too much. Exactly. I have all these other reference points that I can pull from. Oh, well, these, these people did that. I think for me personally, it's just it would be easier the less I know to just be like, I don't fucking know what this is. So I'm just going to make it all up. Yeah. And there's a freedom to that. I feel like it's different when it's something like um, Lord of the Rings, Mm -hmm. where if you haven't seen it, you still absorbed a lot of it by osmosis. Yeah. So that would be funny, where if it's just like you basically have seen it just from it being something so ubiquitous. Sure. As opposed to something like Twister, where it's just like, I don't know, stars stars Bill Pullman, Bill Paxton. (laughs) I also think that was a better pitch to say it's a guy who doesn't who's never written musicals and doesn't watch them and who's never seen Twister writing a musical about Twister was yeah. just as the conceit it allows you to be more stupid and goofy and off the wall but I feel like I've been tainted now I know too yeah. much uh, this might want be more of a me question okay. Mark asks what do you think makes for a good movie adaptation of a musical mm. what things do you feel directors and producers need to keep in mind when going from one medium to another and vice versa mm-hmm. well there's this problem that it kind of blows my mind that they're still making these mistakes where they're using really conventional film language, uh, especially like this sort of post Weinstein, like hyper realistic style of filmmaking, mm-hmm. like where the lighting is really natural and snap zooms um, and shit, probably like in a house or something. It, doesn't demand any suspension of disbelief and then all of a sudden people start singing yeah you know like i just watched dear evan hansen last night and uh it was so fucking weird because it's shot like a like a late 2000s family drama Mm. television show Mm. like most of it is just people sitting down on a couch and talking like normal people doing normal acting and then all of a sudden they'll start singing and the music is just like so boring and like conventional it's just like every song in dear evan hansen sounds like Sean Smith song that was not good enough to be on a Sean Smith album and was therefore chucked. Mm. Filmmakers are just still too chicken shit to make a musical that like leans into the suspension of disbelief required of the fact that, you know, people are singing their feelings at you. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked a lot about this during the Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge episode. Yeah, Baz Luhrmann was the only one who's like, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to go all fucking out on it. Actually, in and also... uh 
you know, Om Shanti Om. I, I yeah, imagine yeah, a lot like of Bollywood, Bollywood movies, they understand the idea that <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. Where it's just like the the whole premise of someone launching into song is inherently absurd. So your style kind of needs to match that. Yeah, that, yeah, I think that's like the right way to do it personally. Yeah, I think uh, Chicago is a really good adaptation um, because, and it actually is like one of the very few that kind of blends this realistic style of filmmaking mm-hmm. with the suspension of disbelief because whenever it goes into a musical number, it's pretty clear that it's like the character fantasizing about their mm-hmm. musical number so it allows itself to like have that uh you know weird fantasy non-diegetic style of like musical number while also still being like a fairly realistic style of filmmaking with the main narrative I, we'll we'll probably talk more about this when we do when we, when our we chicago talk episode about chicago. but i was gonna say that i think Chicago specifically has an advantage because it's such a stripped down show that's just literally people like sexy people dancing on a stage Mm -hmm. that like any film adaptation of them doing anything with real sets automatically just sort of heightens the visual style of it just because you're like, oh, they're actually in a courthouse now. They're actually in a prison now. They're actually it's not the sort of I don't know. Pretend's not the right word. I guess they're sort of just doing a game of pretend on the stage, which. Yeah. So it's an interesting way to go because that that one is very specific to that exact musical and the way that it would be adapted. They weren't trying to do the exact. It's Fosse, right? Was, was mm-hmm. they're not trying to do the Fosse thing. They're just like anything that's a even a conventional movie seems heightened. Wait, for what? It. Okay, so Accent Zeal asks, "What is the best concert you've ever been to?" That's a tough one, man. I've been to a lot of shows. I've been to about f- three or four. Ever? Yeah. In your life, concerts? Yeah. Yeah. How does that's so strange? We've talked about this. I know, but not on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> your 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 abysmal memory is like, yeah, terrible things keep happening to me at concerts, so I don't. Oh, go. right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. Let's see, the best con. Well, of the few that you've been to, what was the Bruno Mars? Bruno Mars. That's a good one. Like three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then, at, like, uh, Green Day was at the. Dodger Stadium, like the next week, I'm like, I'm not pushing my luck. Mm. Something horrible is going to happen. I'm going to get in a car accident. I'm not going. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't have like a specific show. I just loved live music so much, particularly as a young chap. Mm-hmm. So I used to go when I was in high school, I was in, you know, a couple punk bands and I, I was very much in that scene. So I have to say, like, more than anything, I remember going to those shows of, like, kids that I went to school with or, like, kids in, like, other schools that were, like, in the surrounding areas. You know, as much as it's cool to go see an artist that you love and you see them on stage and they play, like, an amazing show and you worship them and they're, like, incredible, there was something really kind of fun and, I hate to use this word, but sort of magical about seeing, like, people that you knew in, like, your own classes, like, going up on stage and just playing music and being like, oh, my God, that's the guy and, like sits in the back row of my algebra class and he's like running around screaming in this hardcore band or like this other guy's jumping off the stage with like a guitar and blah, blah, blah. So I I think that's all those punk shows I used to go to and hardcore shows back in the day sort of hold a special place in my heart of how I think about live music and sort of what the fun of it was, was was the participation and and seeing yourself both, you know, and you used to be able to just run up on stage too. Used to run up yeah, and grab see, the like, mic. Yeah, I'm like that doesn't appeal to me at all. Yeah. I'm like that's why I liked Bruno Mars. It was very polished. Yes, it was very like you know uh, choreographed. Yeah, uh, everybody like a place for everything and everything in its place. I, I like that as as an old man now. I love that. Like I love going to the Hollywood Bowl and seeing the millions of shows I've seen there. I also <laughs> broke my nose and like got hurt like very much so in those mosh pits and stuff. So yes, that tracks for sure. 
All right. So Spooky Sora wants to know if the origin of this podcast was reversed, what would Kaveh introduce to Lindsay that Lindsay had been bleh or not really not knowledgeable about that you presumably are? That's an almost impossible task because I feel yeah. like you just generally <laughs> know, know more everything. about stuff than I do. <laughs> I, but are, are, do you like have any areas of expertise that... No, and, and I thought about or, this question, too. Or, like, too. at least fan enthusiast, because I don't consider myself a musical expert. I'm, like, I'm an enthusiast. Yeah. Definitely not an expert. I don't know, man. Honestly, I, 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 was, I was thinking about this question, too, because I did read it in advance, and I think, if I may talk about my own, you know, something I'm good at, I think, uh, I, I think I tend to be more interested in asking somebody who knows a lot about a certain thing, rather than being a person who would sit and... I'm not a good splainer, obviously, mm-hmm. as as is uh, exemplified yeah. by this. Uh, you're not, you're this not very good at like getting essay style factoids together. No, but what I am good at is like if I find somebody who's really into a specific thing, I can. It really is just it. It makes my wheel go. You know, I just like to sit and sort of ask them about questions and get to know from get to know from them like what they know. And it almost feels like, well, I could do a whole bunch of research or I could just talk to this person who really understands this thing very well and extract a bunch of information from it. But so it's sort of like the dynamic wouldn't work if the roles were reversed just because our information gathering styles are fundamentally different. Yeah. And I don't retain spoiler alert, but I don't really retain knowledge that way i tend to sort of absorb it and and it's very true (laughs) i tend to sort of absorb things into my subconscious yeah it's i'm like a fish i've said this i'm like a fish but yeah i guess if i had to do like research for like a bunch and have a bunch of notes and you know my little reporter notebook i could probably talk about like you know illustration you wouldn't want to do that like week after week that would be boring unless it would be something i was really interested in learning about and then you know that's what teachers so, say so basically it's like not something you already know something you're interested in learning about yeah i think that's sort of the fun of it and i think that's probably been the fun of it for some of the people who listen to this podcast too is is the journey if like you will learning a thing or two learning a thing or two and you know we all need to ask more questions in life rather than <laughs> declare bunch, that we know <laughs> there's a bunch of uh questions to me about into the woods and did phantom deserve to be into the woods and why don't I like into the woods? I just think into the woods is kind of boring. Mm. Um, <laughs> and that's like, I know my hot take. Uh, it's weird because like on paper, I think it's interesting. You know, I know I bring everything back to my second book, but like I've had my second book compared to act two of into the woods. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, but I just, I don't know. The music does nothing for me except for agony. And I think only then the movie version, cause Chris Pine sings it. Uh, but I don't dislike it. It's just kind of, you know, I've seen it once live and I saw the movie and both times I was just like, yeah, you know, maybe if I saw like a really nice, you know, Broadway revival, I'd be like into the woods. But mm. eh, it just does nothing for me. Uh, for Lindsay, were there any shows where Kava's opinion was completely different to what you expected? Moulin Rouge. Yeah. I thought you were going to hate it. You thought just because it was super ADHD and crazy or what? I think it is really cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought I thought you were going to be like, I, I guess I wasn't quite sure what aspects of the musical experience turned you off. I guess I'm still not. But I guess it being a live production is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess I was surprised that you liked Moulin Rouge. I was surprised that I liked it, too. <laughs> uh, what lesser known show do you really wish you could do an episode on? Lesser known show. 
I guess Lestat sort of goes back to that again because yeah, we're trying to find Lestat. the fucking thing for it. Uh, yeah, I feel like Lestat is the best answer because, like, the one I want to do more than anything is Cabaret. And if we wanted to do that in a timely manner, we'd need to go to London. And um, I don't know if that's feasible because <laughs> I was I was actually looking into it because, um, like, uh, Eddie Redmayne is, is doing a production over there, I think, starting in a couple weeks. And... Um, Oh my God! It's just the it's, London is just a really expensive city. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's always that expensive, and I've never been except for like layovers. So I was like, well, I need to be in the middle of the city because I don't want to like risk, you know. And God knows how expensive the cabs are getting from the airport, and how long do we want to stay? When we get things, just don't take like, the tube we, everywhere. That's what you do. You take the tube. <laughs> do does the tube go to the airport? If I remember correctly, I think you can take the tube. I haven't been to London in a really long time. I again, as I said before, I don't really remember yeah, much. But I guess I'm pretty the, sure you for, can take the train, but I'm sure everyone will tell us on Twitter that we're I don't wrong. know because I, I have a th- like if the train takes like two hours, I'm like no, I'll pay for a cab. Yeah. Unless it's something like Tokyo, where it's like no, the train is quicker. Yes. You know? <laughs> but uh, the for for lesser known shows, um, yeah, it would have to be Lestat. Like I don't even know why. Uh, I saw Lestat as many times as I did, uh, but I'm glad I did. It's, it's a memory I cherish. Um, a vampire musical seems, especially Lestat, seems like very fitting for the stage. I can't think of any that have gone well. Really? Yeah, like the other notorious um, trash fire <laughs> bomb uh, was Dance of the Vampires, starring Michael Crawford, which oh. came out, like I think, around the same time, mm-hmm. like a year or two before that. And it was that seemed to be a problem of tone okay. because like the original version was kind of serious. And then they went to the to do the American version. They were like, it's going to be like a vampire goofy thing, but like didn't rewrite a whole lot of it. But then just changed a lot of the tone of like just the performance. Yeah. And Michael Crawford was trying to be a comedic vampire and it just got atrocious reviews. It was like and it closed very quickly, like Lestat also closed very, very quickly, like not long after um previews but it is crazy to think about like a huge name like elton john writing songs for a musical and then it closing like immediately the only musical he ever wrote with bernie tobin it's so weird it's so sad i'm so like just fascinated by it based on like all the stuff we've we've talked about uh laura lipton gal asks who's a guest that you haven't been able to get on the show that you'd love to hear from and what musical would you like to watch slash discuss with them well i know the answer for me who andrew lloyd weber (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, you're. I mean, I'm not gonna lie and say that your goldfish memory isn't starting to get on my nerves. <laughs> Do you have an answer? Uh, no, I, I haven't even thought about who the guests would be. I'm not usually in charge. Fred of Durst. Oh, right, 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 right. Of course, Fred Durst uh, and Jersey Boys would be the musical because Fred Durst has decided that Dad is now his brand, and <laughs> Jersey Boys is the musical that Dad's like. All dads love Jersey Boys, All so dads. I would. So Fred Durst, if if you're listening, Jersey Boys, <laughs> it's time. I think I still think he would do that. That that seems like an achievable goal. You've got yeah. en- you've got enough clout to be able to pull that. What musical as Knox Marnie made you almost jump ship on the entire concept of musicals? Um, I mean, really, all of them. Cats, mm-hmm. obviously, very famously for me. I feel like. I, I can't remember hating a show as much as I hated Beauty and the Beast. That's right. That is your villain yeah. origin story for like, sure. I'm think, yeah, I'm trying to think, like, did I ever hate a show? Like, I've hated mu- movies. Like, I remember thinking, like, 
I didn't hate Les Mis, the movie. There were things I liked about it. But like to me, I was just like that Broadway version of Beauty and the Beast was just completely irredeemable. Um, Zoe asks, how do you feel about musicians on stage? Does it distract or weaken immersion? I mean, I think Chicago is the only one that I can remember that has, I mean, Chicago has, it's very prominent. There's straight up. Yeah. I mean, they're sort of to the side. I I guess Chicago just really sticks out to me as like, it's Um, literally in the center of the stage where you can see. Yeah, Cabaret did it. I mean, I think that's, uh, yeah, and, uh, the uh, uh, like Angie said, that new uh, Sweeney Todd did it. Um, I guess Six did it too, right? They're like, I think the band's yeah, sort of behind them. They they come out, yeah, they're there. Um, Great Comet did it. I also didn't see that, but that was like one of their big sell- selling points. Um, I don't mind it personally. I think it's cool. I, I think yeah, I think I think it works because it's you know again it's theater. It inherently demands a lot of suspension of disbelief. So um, and I guess like again because like the Sam I'm kind of I kind of need to accept that like the Sam Mendes version of Cabaret is gone. It's never going to be revived, mm-hmm. even though they totally rebuilt Studio Fifty Four for that Whoa. show. Um, and that was the one that I think popularized it. Which makes sense because cabaret takes place in like a cabaret. It's mm-hmm. like um, in universe, it makes sense. But like even when they're doing like scenes that are like at the tenement house or like in Air Schultz's fruit store, you know, the mm-hmm. band is still visible and they're like above the stage yeah. uh, framed with like neon lights. That's cool. And it's really cool. So I'm sad it's gone. <laughs> Never going to come back. I mean, I think but, I think they're equally part of the performance too. So I, I I appreciate seeing them, and then I'm I'm not usually distracted by it. Yeah, yeah. I think as again, like it's it's theater. It is already kind of like it's inherently less believable than a movie, which you know just kind of by nature like immerses you. So I think you know it depends on the show, but I've never been turned off by it. No, and like I said, the only example I could think of, or the, sorry, the first example I think of is Chicago, because it's such a focal point. Mm-hmm. It's literally the center of the stage. And I mean, really, like the performers are just doing it like in this tiny strip yeah, in the front and of the sometimes, stage. And sometimes the uh, band will like but participate. The, yeah, that was fun, though. I like that the uh, the conductor was hilarious. The guy that we saw at Chicago, I don't remember what his name was, but the conductor was funny. He was part of it. And then there was like the door that sort of went in and out where people were sort of making their exits and entrances through the actual you know box that the orchestra was in. So it was fun. I liked it. I, it reminds me that it's live music and. Yeah. Even if I don't like necessarily seeing the, if if I'm not into the performance for whatever reason, I can always look and see, oh, there's a guitar player yeah. or a violinist or whatever instrument they're playing. And that's just inherently entertaining to me. So I appreciate it. Horse Girl asks, top of the bagel or bottom of the bagel and why? Um, I believe that this is a non-binary question. It's both. You don't take bottom or top. It's both together. That's, oh, right. You like making a huge mess. <laughs> I guess some people are just like that. I guess it to me it depends on the bagel. Like if it's like a really fluffy bagel, I go with the bottom. But if it's like kind of a lesser shitty bagel, then you go with the top. I mean, I guess if it's if it's like a. I mean, it takes me like a million years to eat a bagel because really? I yeah I, I eat them in quadrants. I don't eat them like a sandwich. Well, I like inhale it, so I basically just I put some spread on it, and then it's done in like thirty seconds, and then I'm starting nope. to eat Sarah's <laughs> bagel afterwards because she's slow. <laughs> nope. <laughs> It'll just keep going. Again, Sora asks, what is a musical you wish you could cover, but there just isn't vi- any viable way of v- viewing it? Again, Spider-Man. Spider-Man I think yeah. we just, it's just never going to happen. Yeah. Luke Foster Midup asks, I'd like to hear more about how you guys met. Do you remember the first time we met? Obviously, you're not going to ask me that I think question. It was, I think it, I think it was, uh, I was interviewing you for the job. For, so this would have been 
2010? End of 2010, yeah. So it would have been like fall of 2010. Fall of 2010. Um, yeah, because uh, like Clorinda uh, really wanted you. Because mm-hmm. uh, like basically for my uh, master's advanced documentary, um, the way it works is the director, like uh, for a documentary, you do a pitch, like you make a video pitch, mm-hmm. um, which regrettably I think mine is still online and I don't know the Vimeo password for that account. So <laughs> I think it'll just stay online forever. You present it and then the faculty p- picks three of them. And so I was one of the three. And so after that, p- you interview people who are to be on your crew. Yeah. Because basically you have to do like um, a... Uh, you have to do like a crew role in an advanced project before you can pitch one yourself mm-hmm. or you can do the same thing twice. That's what Claudia did. She did, uh, she edited, uh, Coog's 546, right. um, Ryan Coogler. And then she did my 547 right after that. So she did a fiction editing and nonfiction. nonfiction yeah. And so that was like all she needed to do really for her master's thesis. And so for me, I did sound um, the first time and directing the second time. And so this was, uh, I was interviewing you Mm -hmm. for the first time. And really it was like Clorinda, because Clorinda, who was the producer that I had already uh, hired, such as it were, she was like, I want this guy. It was funny because like he really was not into it. Um, well, to be fair, he basically I, I, had to be convinced that it was about something it was not about <laughs> in order to like agree to it. But she just like, he's my buddy. <laughs> like, the funny part is, is that I was really aggressively trying to crew up on one of the scripted ones. That's why I, I had actually never had interest in documentary before. So it wasn't necessarily that I didn't care about the subject matter. It was more like, I don't want to go into documentary. That's too... That's too smart. Like, I'm not smart <laughs> enough to do that. I was like, I sort of wanted to do something more scripted. What was this, which was- I, I was just trying to do a scripted one. I didn't get picked. And then I was like, do I do this? Do I still do one of the advanced projects or do I wait for another semester? So, But but I literally had no interest or intention of ever doing documentaries, really, um, which is kind of funny. It's another thing that you sort of roped me into and then I ended up doing it for a while. Uh, and then, <laughs> really, I, Lindsay, it's really strange. You do keep looping me into some weird path that goes on for years afterwards yeah <laughs> consistently influential like that yeah because yeah i do remember like there being like these really intense conversations that like you're going to include this right and <laughs> um we were like yeah and we tried um but we because a lot of it is like you don't really have control over that yeah yeah the professors were like they made us cut this thing you weren't happy about it yeah uh, I had much and to learn. I had much to learn about producing on an advanced level. And we we yeah. went in it like we went pretty hardcore too, considering you know it was honestly like really hellish. Like it was a deeply unpleasant experience. Yes. Especially for me because like Yes, very much so. Uh like they the crew turned on me constantly and the professors kept wanting me to make it like more and more about me. Personal, yeah. Personal. Like Michael Moore, I'm in it more. Mm-hmm. Like which is ironic because like they still do that like whenever I pitch something like <laughs> to you know Nebula or whatever it's just like oh well you need to be in it more I'm like but I don't want to <laughs> yeah it's just like uh but it, even even at the time and I know that sounds like a weird backhand like 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 patting yourself on the back but it's like it's true it's like that's that's what that's what they asked for and so that's what they got and uh I have to say though part of what sold me on it was watching that pitch tape yeah, the, it, was pretty good pitch tape. it was a good pitch tape, but, yeah. <laughs> but also because like, you know, there's there's a lot of ways that you could do a doc, you know, a, a, an abortion documentary. There's plenty of stuff that's been done by it. So it's sort of everything you do. That's like a topic that's been widely covered. You always think like, OK, well, what's the 
angle that you're going to do on it. But yeah, your, but honestly, your voice reason, was very clear on it, which is what yeah, made it it's interesting. Because like, people still ask, can I see it? And I'm yeah. like, no, I don't own the copyright because uh, that's part of the deal. Yeah. With USC, they technically foot the bill, even though, you know, we all also have to put in more money to make it decent. Um, and uh, so they retain the copyright. They decide what to do with it and who to sell it to. Uh, but the thing is, like, it was a very, like, naive movie. It was made at a time when I thought that the world was moving in a different direction. And it's just like, you know, I don't think it does any good. So it's like one of those things where I'm like, it's not that it's painful to look back on, but uh, it it kind of is, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so it is kind of surprising that we work together at all. Like, I <laughs> I told uh, Rithik, who... Um, was the editor for that. Yeah. Uh, he, I was like, we're doing a podcast together. And he was like, really? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it only took 10 years. And with that, I guess we'll, we'll call it a day. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, please follow the sponsor links. Um, if you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review. It very much helps us out. You can follow us on Twitter at Musical Splaining with no G, at Musical Splaining, and at Musical Splaining with a G on Instagram. I am at Kavitarian on Twitter and at Permafriends on Instagram. Getting ready for Decon, DesignerCon, in just a few weeks in Anaheim, November 12th. Come see me. Come say hi. But yeah, thanks for your submitting your questions. And we'll be actually back next week. We're, we're not going to take a longer gap because this is just a yeah. very special episode. So we'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back in one week. One week. And uh, see you guys at the theater. <laughs> <laughs>